Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Whoa, we are live. We are live on YouTube. You are alive. This is Cop On Podcast. Uh, welcome, welcome, everybody. Uh, you know, whoever you are, wherever you are, um, you will be alive if you're hearing this. Um, or if you're hearing this from the afterlife or the before life or some place within or without reality, please do get in touch. Coponpodcast at gmail.com. And it's, I'm absolutely um, delighted because here we've got three lovely people. We've got Josh. Josh is here. Chelsea fan. Josh, how the devil are you, Josh? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, I'm a bit, bit rusty over the YouTube uh, since I don't, I don't really do it anymore. I actually forgot to turn on a, com- turn on a computer on. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's good to be back and uh, it's good to, good to see you again. Well, thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. We're going to get you all of your um, all of your uh, thoughts as we as we move forward on on this uh, this podcast that will be available on audio version or live on YouTube. Ryan is here as well, and Abdul. Ryan, um, how the devil are you? Are you getting you know extremely excited because that that match yesterday, as we're recording this, this uh, you know it, Liverpool six Leeds United nil. Hasn't half revved me up for some. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know I, if it's made I, a difference. I can't. It can't come soon enough, can it? Like I'm, I'm we're in such good spirits. I think as as a fan base, everyone's properly pumped and and really excited for this. And some of the more easily carried away of us are, are talking about the Q word, and I'm, I'm it's too early for that for me. But I'm very excited for Sunday. It, I mean, it is on the quadruple. It is on. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm what have I done? I don't suppose you're. I mean, I, I said it. Yeah, I said the Q word. Um, I mean, unless you're talking about the Queen and those rumours about her demise, but uh, probably not. Abdul, you're here as well. Abdul, um, I mean, Ryan's just said it, it couldn't come soon enough. Um, are, are you of the of of the same opinion that you just can't wait for Sunday? You're sort of trying to jog on the spot to make the world turn a bit faster so that Sunday comes a bit comes around a bit quicker. I mean, uh, Sunday's going to be a good day for me anyways. I'm going to go to a concert, I think, pretty much after after the, the match finishes, like literally within 30 minutes of it. So um, either way, I'm going to be celebrating, whether it's a loss or a win. But um, I, I don't know if I uh, want it to come soon enough. I kind of want to take my time with it, you know. I want to kind of just amble towards it, have a few drinks, you know, just chill out. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Like, um, I just just love this season so far in general. I just can't can't wait to see us in our first big test and see how it goes. It is a big test. It's going to be a bigger test than we've we've had recently, possibly. But I was looking at our our record, Liverpool's record, Josh. In the last nine matches, we've won all nine of them. We've scored twenty five goals, um, and we've only conceded three. Chelsea, your team, Josh, uh, over the same period of time, um, have won seven, drawn one and lost one Um, in that time. I mean, you know, those wins include winning the Club World Cup or the World Club Cup or the Club World Championship or whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, And your your draw was away to Brighton. I mean, there's no, no shame in that. Difficult team, Brighton. And your loss was to Manchester City. So Chelsea, even though you've only scored 12 goals compared to Liverpool's 25, you've only conceded four. Liverpool have only conceded three. So presumably, Josh, uh, Sunday's going to be a nil-nil. 
you know, it's it's a cup that is often maligned, isn't it? But, uh, you know, I want you to tell everybody why, you know, it, it really deserves a lot more respect, this competition. Don't forget your mic, Ryan. So for me, this this is a competition that's actually very dear to me. Um, now, my first ever cup final was in 2003. I went with some friends of mine who were a little bit older. Um all drove, it, was, it was against United, so we figured that we'd try and um, get ahead of the traffic. Drove down and like the, the crack of spiders in the morning, ended up turning up in Cardiff at like eight with nothing to do apart from soaking the atmosphere. So we're walking around this beautiful city that I'd never been to before. Got really lovely uh, reception from the people. Uh, there was a guy walking his dog through the park. He was spotted as an air. I am in my little tracksuit and, and with my mates. And he's like, you here for the cup final, are you? I was like, yeah. Was like, you supporting Liverpool or United? And I was like, Liverpool? He was like, well, good luck to you then. And from there, like, it was just a great day. Like They were giving out, uh, you remember Nobby's Nuts? And they've given out three packs of those. I've never met met Nobby, nor have I seen him naked. No, me neither, but he has delicious nuts. Uh, uh, And they've given three packs of those out. It was a really good time. We had a a flag uh, that they they took the pole out of. You're not allowed to have the pole, but it was amazing. Just being in the ground. Millennium Stadium, gorgeous. I think it's called the Principality now, but it's gorgeous. And and for me, the memories that I have of that day, like... It feels like yesterday and it's like 19 years ago now. I was, I was thinking about this earlier. 19 years ago, memories still stay fresh with me. And so whenever I hear anyone malign the League Cup as worthless or not worth going to or, or no trophy, like it doesn't hold any truck with me. <clears throat> doesn't hold any truck with me. Because for me, going to it, particularly when you're at this stage of it, like a cup final is a cup final is a cup final. And once you're here, you are desperate to win it. Like for me, when the the way we won that game meant everything, and and the hope that there's some 15 year old goes to that cup final to on on the weekend sees his team or her team win, and loves every second of it. Yeah, it's a great answer. Absolutely wonderful stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's true, isn't it? I mean, I remember that one. You know, that it, running through. I, I used to live in Prague, and I was living in Prague. I remember that day very well. In two thousand and three, I was in this sports bar that used to be run by a professional ice hockey player who then bought this massive sports bar with various rooms in it. And uh, I used to hang out with people, um, a lot of American people, Australian people, and no one who liked football. And I was trying to get them all into Liverpool that was my mission for a couple of years and and lo and behold uh, one or two started watching the games and then we got to the final we went to this sports bar and um, it was a great day it was a great day there were United fans there Liverpool fans there everyone singing along having a great day and then when uh, it was Didi Herman who won the ball and slipped Michael Owen through uh, it was it was a beautiful memory and you're absolutely right I mean I'm on record as saying that the, the Carabao Cup or League Cup is pointless unless you get to the final. But now we are in the final. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Jack Max come through with a great question here. He says, where do the panel think the game will be won and lost for both teams? Wow. Abdul, you can take this question. You can go wherever you want with it. Where is this game going to be won and lost? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, again, uh, he's, giving you, he's giving you a coughing fit. It's a yeah. difficult question. I think uh, for me personally, like all tactical considerations are out of this game, 
Like, uh, I don't, I'm not even thinking about it, really. I feel like um, I'm happy to let Jürgen make that decision because, honestly, boy, he has a lot of decisions to make. Like, over the last few weeks, we've seen him make some ballsy decisions, even last night, bringing, on, bringing in Curtis Jones from the cold. And he put in an absolutely amazing performance, I thought, you know. So, obviously, the, the midfield configuration, I think, is going to be important, what he goes with. I feel like everybody pretty much knows that he will go with Thiago, Henderson and Fabinho. But it's interesting because obviously Henderson's put in a few great performances in a row recently, but that's been as the holding midfielder without Fabinho there. So whether Klopp feels confident to put him back into the more advanced position where he hasn't actually been playing so well as of late, don't know. That's up to Klopp. Um, but yeah, literally, we have all of our midfielders available, really. Um, Jota's back, uh, all of our centre-backs. Honestly, like, literally, it's, it's just so... For Liverpool, I literally... I think Matic will start, I think Henderson will start, and I think uh, we'll probably stick with the front three at the moment. Actually, nah, I think I think we'll put Jota in if he's fit. So, yeah, that's what... Jota in for who? who? Who who would drop out of the... I think, I think it's too soon for Diaz. I don't think... He's going to walk into the club and play a cup final within three weeks. So I'd see Jota coming for Diaz, Mane and Salah on the wings. But I think for Chelsea, just like Josh was saying earlier, it's that front three question. Uh, their defence has rightfully earned plaudits over the last 18 months under Tuchel. Um, their midfield, I think, picks itself if Kante is fit. And if, well, maybe Jorginho, maybe Kovacic, but I think Kovacic will probably get the nod if he's fit as well. I think Ziyech starts. I think Havertz probably starts. And it depends if Mason Mount is fit or not. But if not, then Pulisic will start. So looking at it just lineups wise, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to talk too much, but I'm quite quietly confident that Liverpool have got this in the bag. I just I don't think Chelsea will trouble us defensively. I think our centre backs are really, really strong right now. Our defensive solidity is really strong. I like the way our midfield looks as well. And I think our our attack is absolutely on fire as well. So yeah, I, I I'm sorry, Josh, but I think you're going to be on the on the losing side on Sunday. Well, I'm not sorry, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> well, okay, that's very confident stuff, Abdul. Um, uh, Josh, I mean, are, are you confident of this game? How are you feeling going into it? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, I think w w when it comes to a cup game, I think Chelsea during like during cup games have definitely looked like a far different side, you know, compared to domestically. Um, you know, when when we play in the league, you know, we show weaknesses um, mentally and uh, you know tactically. But I think in cup games, Tickle just seems to be a different animal, and this whole team just plays like a different team when it comes. You know, to, you know, compared to you know from the Crystal Palace game to that game last night. Even though Lil obviously, that's our entry tonight. Even though Lil are obviously mid table on the French league now. You know, it's still a European night. You still have to go and do a job. And Chelsea just look like a whole different animal. And it's kind of been like that since Tickles came in. <clears throat> you know, you think about, you know, you think about, you know, when he came in last season, you know, in the league, we huffed and puffed and we screwed fourth place. But in the Champions League, you know, we outplayed Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Manchester City. So it's it, it, Chelsea and Cup games do just seem to have a different a different um animal about them. I don't know if it is because Tickles able to get them motivated and he's able to get the system right and the players uh, buy into that and the players know what's on the line. Um and when you in terms of our games against Liverpool this season, you you know, we haven't been blown away by you guys this season. You know, uh the game of Silver Bridge, um, you know, we managed to come back and get a good draw against you. Uh the game of Downfield, we went down to ten men, we held together. 
and and even before and even before that, you know, we I think I think I think I don't don't think we got a point against you guys. Um, no, no, we did with Benji Downfield um, <clears throat> as well. So even though there was no fans, but you know, three points is three points. So. I think it's an, I think defensively, as Abdul said, I think Liverpool's defense is incredibly strong, and uh, I think the midfield battle is going to be incredibly key as well. And Sunday, I think both midfields are probably just about evenly strong. Maybe Chelsea just slightly more if Kante's on his game, uh, but I do think Liverpool have that attack, and it is the matter of what attack you know turns up for Chelsea on the day. If Chelsea's attack turn up, it could be a, a ten game we had for Bridge um, not too long ago. Or Manchester or Liverpool will have most of the chances, and it's up to Chelsea's defence on how well they can cope with it. But I think the wing backs, you know, Canal's playing Alonso. If they're the two starters, you know, keep up with the uh, Salah Mane, who are going to be moving around all over the place. So it's it's it's, it's how, how how will how will you know Liverpool restrict Chelsea from being able to get their wing backs high, you know, create the overloads out wide, and you know, and how much will they let the ball get to the front three? Um, and that, that that's where it's interesting. Obviously, we don't have Chilwell and James, which restricts us massively too, uh, which will make it easier for Liverpool. But I, I think it is going to be a really interesting tactical battle. You know, Klopp and uh, Tuchel have had some really good battles, you know, since Tuchel joined us. And I don't, I think Sunday's going to be exactly the same. But I do think, though, uh, Chelsea are going to be a back against the wall. I just feel like that the, the wing backs are going to be a big issue for us in trying to get forward and uh, create pressure going forward. It's really interesting stuff. It's absolutely fascinating how how both teams will line up. It's just something that so hard to predict at this stage. Who would you go with, Ryan? Because, you know, for example, Gary in the chat's asking, does Canate start? Who would you go with with Liverpool? There are questions all over the pitch. I I think it's a little bit easier than than that. Um, I think Kelleher starts and then other than that, you kind of, it kind of picks itself. The only real question is Kanate or Matip. And for me, Matip starts. He's, he's been our best centre-back this season, I think. Um, and that, that's not to do with this service to Virgil van Dijk. I think he's starting to get back to, to the levels he was before his injury. But Matip's been so consistent all season. Um, I find that going into this, there are a lot of parallels, almost like a mirror of the 2005 uh, League Cup final where it was Rafa's Liverpool versus Jose's um, Chelsea. Sorry, Jose's Chelsea. Um, and we'd played them a few times, over, or we played them a few times during that era. And if Rafa set us up right, and, and we got ourselves like 100% perfect all game, we could really frustrate Chelsea. And, you know, there's the whole Champions League semi-final and all that that happened that season. But when we went absolutely perfect, we got demolished by Chelsea over and over. There was one where Joe Cole just ran riot. I think that's almost the the reverse of where we are now in that Chelsea have this really brilliantly set up team by this really tactically astute manager. But I think there is overall not the same level of quality throughout that side as there is in the Liverpool team, particularly with Chilwell and James out. <clears throat> and I think if Chelsea get themselves tactically perfect, stay in shape, all that good stuff, for 90 minutes, they have a chance of frustrating us, like they did at Stamford Bridge uh, and like they did at Anfield earlier in the season. But if they're not perfect for 90 minutes, they'll get battered. It's interesting. I'm going to stay with you, Ryan, because I'm going to imagine that you're Tommy T. Okay, Tommy Tuchel. He 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 sets up his teams to play 
very, very sensibly. So if, for mm. example, um, one of their wide players has the ball and there's anyone in front of them, um, close to them, then they go backwards. And they go backwards, they've got no problem passing it backwards to, to one of the three centre-backs, usually three centre-backs. And then if that if that player is, is pressured, they pass all the way back to the keeper, back to home. And they play it, you know, simple passes, as simple as possible. It's very effective. It's a little bit dull to watch. Um, but, um, you know, what's, what's the key... Ryan, to getting past that, you know, for you, for, for for Liverpool, is it just about energy and pizzazz and us not losing the ball and, you know, just moving the ball as quick as possible? So there's two things to say there. First one is where you can break quickly, do. Um, because if you give them the time to get back into their shape, then things get significantly more difficult. I think there's a big cliche in football where games are won and lost in midfield. And this is a little bit like that, but not quite, because it's not, Midfield is in the dead centre of the pitch. I think the game will be won and lost in between the, the halfway line and Chelsea's box. If we can get from the halfway line to Chelsea's box quickly enough, then we will win that game. And if Chelsea can't get from their box to the halfway line quickly enough, we will just pen them in for 90 minutes and not let them out, like we do to a lot of teams. Now, Chelsea have, have got the quality to, to punish us on the break, and they've got the players there, but I think... Like you said, when it gets pragmatic, almost to the point of defensive, Liverpool are fine with that because every team's done it for the last three years to us, apart from City, but they're mental. <laughs> well, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, Abdul, you're, you're, you were feeling extremely bullish. I, I imagine you still are. Um, but if you were, you know, is there something about that? Like if we do try and pin Chelsea back, but then they can play, for example, a, a long ball over the top if we overcommit. Uh, you know, teams have tried it time and time again, and they do seem to have... You know, quite a, anyone's able to find that space, although they haven't really exploited it and turned it, that pressure into goals in the last few games. But you, you've seen it, Abdul. You've seen that kind of weakness in the wide areas when Liverpool are defending. Um, I don't know. Is that is that one thing? If you were if you were Tommy T, you would try and set up to break Liverpool down uh, using those channels. Well, I was thinking while well, I was thinking about uh, what side lineup would happen. Like the last time we played against Chelsea, we did play Henderson. We did play uh, Milner in midfield. And I remember the second goal, the equaliser, it happened because I think Trent went up a bit too high and then Henderson didn't track the run quite enough. And then there was a bit of a gap and Pulisic managed to exploit it. Um, so I do wonder if that will play into Klopp's mind, like... Um, will that right half space, that right channel be a bit exposed in this match? And should I maybe change up the personnel to maybe counter that? Maybe throw in an Abby Cater, you know? He didn't play He didn't play uh, against Leeds and he hasn't been in bad form recently. But I just can't see us going into a cup final and not playing our captain, you know? Um, so yeah, I do think Henderson will play. And if he does play, then yeah, it's a big question, you know? Because... Yeah, if Liverpool get forward, then yeah, there's going to be spaces in the channels for Chelsea to exploit quickly. But I mean, I don't really like it when people uh, make football seem that simplistic, like, oh, Trent is really good going forward, so he must be terrible at defending. Or Liverpool go really high with the fullback, so that means that they're really exposed going back. It's very situational. Like, we have to manage the situations. We have to be smart to do that. Um, and I think we will be smart enough to do that. 
honestly, on paper, it's just like, it's literally just as a manager, you just have to prepare your team for all of those potential situations and then just hope to God that on the pitch, they, they, they've taken in enough information, they can actually do something with it. Um, but yeah, I just feel like the reason why I'm a bit bullish is just the way that we played against Leeds. And I know it's Leeds and I know that they have a very uh, unique tactical style, which leaves them exposed a lot. But the confidence that we've got from our run of games in the last few games and then the way that we played at Leeds last night, it was like just we were really like bright as a team. Like I saw Trent just in the second half, he just gave up playing right back. He was just wherever he wanted to be, just dictating the play. And I feel like that kind of mentality that we have is exactly what we need going into the Chelsea match. Because like you said, they play very tight, very resilient. They'll just pass the ball around the back. So we really need to up our creative levels. And the fact that we have such a good creative game, I think, against Leeds is only going to give us a good bounce going into this Chelsea match. But honestly, honestly, I don't know. I, I think both teams can exploit each other. It's just really... It's a cup final, isn't it? So yeah, I just I just can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, it, uh, me too. It's crazy. I, I I mean, there are Liverpool fans around the world absolutely buzzing for this game, and we're all buzzing for it. And hopefully, the Chelsea fans are as well. Rory Fitzgerald Fitzgerald in the chat. Um, hi, Rory. He says Liverpool were rather weak at retaining the ball at Stamford Bridge. We need composure and. Uh, to collect balls from from Kelleher. Chelsea will look to speed up Kelleher's decision-making with some pressure. Um, is that something you want to see, Josh? Do you want to see, um, you know, Chelsea kind of press us all around or would you would you like to try and hit Liverpool on the counter? Uh, um, that's, a, that's a really difficult question. Uh, I don't know what Thomas Tuchel is going to do. Um, when, when, when we've came up against sides who are technically gifted, um, like Liverpool, who are able to, you know, pre press, uh, you know, are able to use the ball well, move it quickly, and pretty much get down, get it from one pitch to the other pitch, you know, really well. And uh, basically take out the whole midfield if you know if we're trying to press you guys. Tuchel does Tuchel normally would prefer to sit back and counterattack. So I don't really know what he's going to try and do. Um, you know, against my against whenever we're playing Manchester City, you know we don't press. We do just sit on our shape and try and make it things is incredibly difficult for Liverpool. Uh, it's incredibly difficult for City. It hasn't worked, um, and because we've offered basically nothing going forward. I I think it's going to be I think it'll be circumstantial. I think it'll be one of these you know we'll, we'll press it, you know if we think if we see maybe there's the pass is a bit short or you know we're in the right position um you know our lines in the right position then maybe we'll press. I think it'll be circumstantial press. I don't think we'll be pressing 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 you know every single time. I think we'll do it circumstantially. Uh, if the position seems if the position seems in the right time or maybe it's a loose ball we'll do it but. I do hope at times we do press. I hope we don't just sit there in our shape like we have against Man City and let you guys, you know, come at us. Because I feel like that would be a recipe for disaster because you guys create chances no matter how deep a team sits. Um, and I don't think, you know, we wouldn't park the bus like a Burnley level, but we would, you know, sit there and try and make things difficult for you. But I don't think that works against Liverpool. Uh, so uh, I think it'll be more, circumstant more circumstantial pressing and seeing what the situation's like. Um, but I, I hope I hope, hope Tigo does that. I hope I hope he learned from the Man City games that just sitting there against like a top quality attack doesn't really work because they will take their chances, especially when you're against Salah, Mane, Leos Diaz, Diego Jota, some of the most clinical finishers in the Premier League. I would uh, 
I wouldn't even give it, I wouldn't let them give a chance. Try and win the ball back and try and get the ball back in really good positions and uh, see what you can do with it. Just quickly, Josh, who do you reckon is actually going to be the back three for Chelsea? And uh, I think Jack Mack asked a really good question in the comments talking about Pulisic and about whether he's achieved a lot. Yeah, like what uh, do you reckon about Pulisic? The back three, the three centre backs will be Rudiger, Thiago Silva, and Andrews Christensen. Um, I don't think there's going to be. I can't say Malanga Sar will not play in this game. Um, I can't. I doubt Azubuquen will have to play right wing back since there is no one else. So I think that's the back three sort of. If Trevor Chalaba has been fit, but no way he plays in this game. I don't think he's playing quite a while now. So the back three is definitely going to be Silva, Christensen, and Rudiger. Uh, Christian Pulisic, on the other hand, uh, Pulisic, unfortunately, has been one of these players who's been situated to the fact that he's basically played and been playing so many positions. He's played as an attacking midfielder, a right winger, a right wing back, a false nine. So he hasn't been able to be able to play in his natural position and get that chemistry to flow. And you know, and the chemistry with the other attacking players, which is a big issue for us. We don't have an identified front three, unlike Man City and Liverpool, and even smaller teams in the league. Um, who you know maybe a bit table, but there you know you you can see how well other teams' attacks are connected. Unlike us, if Christian Pulisic plays on the left wing with a run of games and has given the freedom to be direct, to go up people to you know kind of move around spread the play he can be a very very dangerous player um it's just the fact he hasn't had a chance to do that under any manager frank lampard you know didn't play him all that much um he was more of a bench player you know took us basically used him everywhere and anywhere um i actually think he's played in every single position other than the defense this season the uh, i'm pretty sure he has played left wing back as well so um He's one of these players, he's been a professional, he hasn't complained, he's done a job, and um, but it has shown his performances on the pitch have not been that good due to him basically being played in everywhere and anywhere but defence and goalkeeper. So uh, if he gets a good, run of, a good run of games on the left wing, he has the absolute potential to, and I love Christian Pulisic when he's on it, but he's just not on it enough. But if he gets the run of games that I think he has earned, um, given the job he's done for us, the potential's there, it's just a matter of he'll be able to fulfill it. Great question, great answer. Yeah, excellent stuff. The last time Liverpool uh, played Chelsea was the 2nd of January this year at Stamford Bridge. It was 2 2. Um, looking at the lineup that day, Ryan, we had uh, Queeve in goal. At the back, we had Virgil van Dijk, Konate, Costas, and Trent. In midfield, we had Fabinho, James Milner, which I'd forgotten about, and Jordan Henderson as starters. And then up front was the old um, Mane, Salah and Jota triumvirate. Um, Ryan, the, 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 the startling omission from that, or the, well, the thing that jumped out at me was that Tiago didn't start. So Tiago, he was obviously injured. I can't really remember, but he was obviously injured that day because yeah, he, he plays when he uh, when he's fit. Um, and I just want to talk about Tiago and 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 your feelings about Tiago and especially that relationship with with Fabinho because I think he was much maligned, which was unfair when he first joined when he was getting used to a new league when COVID broke out. Um, but now he's he's really settled. He's shown signs of being an ultimate pro. He seems like a great teammate to have. He's a very intelligent man. And then watching him play football is like watching Michelangelo 
um, painter's ceiling. Uh, what do you make of Tiago? What a question. Uh, so I think there's, to address the negatives first, I think with Tiago, um, the, the, a lot of the criticism he got was because he was trying to adapt to a new league, a new team, uh, a new country, and the fact that the team that he'd come to in this new league, in this new country, had zero defenders. And all the other people that he should have been playing in midfield with were now playing as defenders. So it took him a while to get his feet. I think the other problem that you have with Thiago is that he is a little bit fragile. Um, so it's a similar problem that you have with Keita. It's a similar problem that you have with Matip. Now, one thing that we've shown this season, especially, is that we've become really good at managing players' minutes. So Matip's played more this season than he has in either of the last two um, and has been brilliant throughout. Um, I think Keita has quietly, certainly since, certainly since the turn of the year, played more than, than you would have thought, I think. One of the other podcasts I was listening to earlier today was saying that um, he's played, I think, five games or some. Anyway, more than you'd think, especially considering he's away at Afcon. Now, to get to Thiago, Thiago is a magician, and we've managed his minutes really effectively. We didn't play him uh, at the weekend. We gave him an hour against Leeds, and then took him off. Got him in the cotton wool. He will be given full license in this game to to play the midfield maestro role. And he has all of the ability required for us to use him as our linchpin to to play both the Xavi and Iniesta role of of keeping us ticking over, but also when it's time to to go for something, to go for it. And he's got the the technique to play that pass to the exact inch required to unlock a very, very good defence. It reminds me a lot of ways of like a hybrid between Alonso and Luis Garcia. And that he, if you remember, like his utterly gorgeous goal, like the the little skimmer from earlier in the season, um, like he's got this finishing technique that's so unusual. But also, he's got the the reading of the game and the vision and the, the long range passing of someone like Xabi Alonso as well. Um, so the more we can keep him on the pitch, the better. But we need to just be really selective about his minutes between now and the end of the season. And for me, this game is of great import. So we start this and plays until the job's done. It's a great answer. Um, going back to that uh, that um, game in in January, um, Ibu started at the back. Would you be tempted, Abdul, to to, to start with uh, Konate? Because I think uh, someone in the chat was it Gary said that he'd play uh, Konate. I'll try and find the comment and bring it up. But in the meantime, what do you think, Abdul? Well, that's interesting because in my I thought Matip started, and uh, thinking about that Pulisic goal, I thought, oh. Matip got stretched uh, and he didn't have the pace to recover. So maybe I would start Konate because he has the pace to recover in that situation. But if it was actually Konate who was there, then uh, maybe experience is now needed in this match. And uh, the, the presence of thought to not get too stretched and allow that gap to happen. So um, I think after Matip has scored that goal uh, against Leeds and we've been quite good with his minutes, I think Konate played the game before. Um, I think I think this is the right match to start Matip, to be fair. Um, if it was Lukaku starting, that would be a different different situation. I think I would start Konate in that situation. But I think Havertz um, and then Ziyech as well, I think he's a really good player. And he comes really come through for Chelsea when they need a goal in like a big match. Um, and then Pulisic, Pulisic's threat. I think because of that, I would prefer to have Matip's experience there at the back just to hopefully um, have a better kind of understanding of, and just communication. Uh, like Konate is great, great talent. And he's, he's really not really put a foot wrong this season. I know he's got a lot of criticism, 
But I think just in terms of, um, I just think we need our most experienced team out there tomorrow night, uh, oh, Sunday night. Uh, that's how excited I am. It just feels like it's coming <laughs> to the corner. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think Matip should start. Uh, and yeah, that's basically it. Uh, Matip should start, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably go with Matip as well. Yeah, so Matip, Virgil, Andy Robertson and Trent. And then the midfield, we've got so many options, but Fabinho and... Um, Tiago are, are, you know, certain to start. Really, um, there's a chance Harvey Elliott would 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 play. There's a chance, or you can go with anyone really. Harvey Elliott, Hendo, obviously Hendo is a brilliant player. He's come back. He had one very dodgy game recently, but apart from that, he's been excellent. Since then, he's been excellent. He's come back brilliantly. Um, Curtis Jones was marvellous the other day. He, he, he was top on a lot of key metrics, like winning the ball back and all that stuff, keeping the ball moving. He was hard to dispossess. Wonderful, wonderful player. Superb talent, Curtis Jones. And there were just so many of them. You could even bring James Milner back in. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. You know, give him a give him a swan song cup final. I don't know, Josh. Are you, you know, because going forwards. We could bring out Luis Diaz. We could bring out Diogo Jota. Um, we're going to bring out, you know, three of, maybe four, but at, <laughs> at least three of um, Salah, Mane, Diaz, Jota. Uh, Divo Carigi's looked dangerous, uh, believe it or not, uh, in the last couple of cameos he's played. Are you, are Sorry you to interrupt. S- Go on. Minamino has bagged so many in this League Cup campaign. He has. That's a very good point. Five starts, four goals and one assist for Taki Minamino. Very good call. Josh, are you are you scared? Because I think if I was Christensen, if I was Thiago Silva, I would be I would be very scared. And who who would you be most scared of if you were picking a front three that you didn't want to face? Who would um, that be, Josh? Dio it probably would be Diaz, Manny and Salah. Um the they, they, oh, front three that I would look at would I would probably give me. I think I said oh, you guys watch Liverpool a lot more than I do, obviously, so my, my analysis is, is a bit limited, but I, I feel like Diaz just has a bit more directness, drive, pace, on ball ability that Diego Jota maybe doesn't have. And I think Luis Diaz still has the end product. So I think if Luis Diaz, Manny and Salah were running at us. Especially um, if it was Manny and Salah or Diaz or whatever up against Alonso and Azbuqueta, I would not be particularly confident. Alonso's got the defend the defendability of a wet paper bag. Um, he's very easy to go through, and he kind of just stands there and looks at you as you as you run <laughs> past him. Um, and he does have the pace to try and get back. So, um, I, that, that would be the front three that I would be most scared of. <clears throat> um, and I, I think that's what the front three will be, and. It's gonna be very difficult for the Chelsea defense to come up against to come up against that. But you know, so we we have a very good defense. We have incredible experience across that back line. You know, we didn't win the Champions League for no reason. You know, and we did still play a very good Atletico Madrid team, a very good Real Madrid team, and uh, an exceptional Manchester City team to win it. So, and our defense was exceptional all of those games. And I said, as I kind of previously said, in general, our defense in these cup games are is quite rock solid. You know, we were terrible in the FA Cup final against Leicester, but it took two elements to score an absolute screamer for them to still beat us, even though we were playing awfully. So 
it is a really key battle the Chelsea back three against the Liverpool front three. It, 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 it's you know I think it's one of those things you know it's who it's those you know minimal mistakes that are like, you make in football games and what team capitalizes on them. Do Chelsea capitalize on the minimal mistakes Liverpool make and get good counter attacks, or you know does you know Kepa make one little mistake, or does you know Thiago Silva make one little bad mistake and do Liverpool capitalize on that? It's whatever team is just a bit more, you know, got that extra five percent awareness on being able to capitalize in key situations in the in the game. And I feel like that's how these two teams will be separated. Um it's how they were separated at Stamford Bridge. You know, when Liverpool, you know, got two golden chances at Stamford Bridge, they took them, then Chelsea got two golden chances and they scored them. And it, it has a feeling about in this cup final, but a bit on you know, and a bit more on a clinical edge where it just feels like whatever team can capitalise on those key moments in those games are going to be able to one that comes away with, with the result if it is to be finished after uh, 120 minutes of football or 90 minutes. Yeah, it's a great answer. Fabulous stuff. Um, in terms of, you know, what, you don't follow the stats. Not many uh, people follow the stats as, as geekily as I do. But um, in terms of attackers who, who keep the ball... Um, you know, a very good pass uh, success rate for for one perhaps anyone in the front three is eighty percent. That's very 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 good. Um, so, for example, Sadio Mane against Leeds. Okay, it was only Leeds. Chelsea's going to be a lot more difficult, but his pass success rate was eighty two percent, which is fabulous when you consider that most of the time, um, you know, attacking players have have defenders surrounding them. Um, Mohamed Salah had 90%, which shows you how freaking amazing Mohamed Salah is because you just can't get the ball off him these days. But Luis Diaz had 91.5% passing success. And included in that, I believe, were two key passes. Sadio Mane had five key passes. And Mohamed, Mohamed Salah had one key pass. And it's this passing success rate as well as the dribbling um, technique, as well as the fact that he's strong and he just looks like he's he's so hungry and he's brilliant at pressing, that I would keep Jota on the bench and I would play a front three of Mane, Salah and Diaz. Um, Ryan, what, what would you go for up front and why? I'm not convinced Jota is 100% fit. So for that reason and that reason only, I'd fully agree with you, Owen. I'd play Diaz on the left, Salah on the right, Mane up the middle. Plus, I was really impressed by Mane at the AFCON, um, the job he did for Senegal as their focal point in attack. Um, I think that there's a future for him doing bits there, or, or maybe even as a if he, if he stays longer term, and I have my own reservations, and that's for another part. Um, he could he could do jobs across that front three. Um, ideally, I'd start Jota because I'm not entirely convinced he's he's amazing as a sub. Um, but at the same time, if you've because you, I think you get nine subs in in the Carabao Cup, is that right? Uh, yes, I think nine on yep. the bench. I'm so, not sure. Maybe seven. I'm, I can't remember. I'll in check. any case, I think I'd have all three of of Taki and Origi and Jota on the bench. Provided Bobby's not making the squad at all, which from what I can tell, he's not. One thing I am curious about, Josh, um, is there no chance Lukaku starts this? Because he was rested in midweek. Um, would, I, I would say, 
I wouldn't say there's a definite no chance Lukaku starts. Um, the probably the most reliable Chelsea reporter that we have called Matt Law. And you might have seen him on Twitter if you're on Twitter much. Uh, he did come out and say that Romelu Lukaku um, is very heavily wanting to be involved in this game. He felt he was fit to play that Champions League game. He wanted to be involved. Um, now, maybe that's no surprise. Obviously, any no matter every every player wants to play a football game, especially if it's a final. But um, it does show that there is no. It basically just shows there's no injury or anything with him. So, I, I don't think there's one of the cases that there is no chance he starts. But you know, the best way to put it is you look at what Lukaku did against Crystal Palace when he had seven touches, one of them being a kickoff. And then you look at Kai Havertz's performance in the Champions League game where he could have scored a hat-trick within 10 minutes and he was probably man of the match um, besides mm. Kante. Lukaku should not perform. If Lukaku starts that game, then Thomas Tuchel's either buying into this whole fact he's 100 million or he's maybe a big game player or, you know, he'll be, he would not be, he'll be starting for some other reason other than form. And the only reason why you should be named in the starting 11 for a cup final, no matter what cup, no matter what cup it is, is, is form. And you're able to impact the game in a positive way, which like hockey has not been doing uh, pretty much for his whole time at Chelsea. It's very interesting. I mean, Lukaku, he's got two goals in four Champions League matches this season, which is very, very good. But only five goals in 17 Premier League matches. Thomas Tuchel said in a press conference last week, he said, now is not the time to laugh at Lukaku. But I wonder when is Josh? I mean, is that going to be May or is it going to be Sunday? Well, obviously, Tuchel's just protecting, you know, clubs, the club would be no different. You know, your man, the manager's always going to protect their player no matter what. Um, you know, Tuchel, when when Lukaku did that interview with Sky Italia, Tuchel, you know, didn't hide his feelings about Lukaku in any shape, way or form. You know, he, he was publicly unhappy with it. And, you know, he, now he's trying to protect Lukaku as much as he physically can, given the relationship probably already isn't on the best of terms. Um, I, I think Lukaku, just simply to put it blatantly, just is not a Premier League striker. The Premier League's too fast to him. He has to run. Ar- he has to run around. He has to do things. He has to try and find the ball. When in Serie A, especially under Conte, he was able just to stand there, get the ball to his feet, and shoot at the goal. But you can't do in the Premier League. You have to do so much more in the Premier League. And he could prove me wrong. I hope he proves me wrong. Um, I think everyone associated with Chelsea wants wants us to prove him wrong, but I just don't think the guy's a Premier League player. I think he's too lazy, and I think he's too lazy and too unwilling to work. And that's the two most important things you have to do in the Premier League, no matter how good of a striker you actually are. Interesting, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, he certainly. The thing that's strikes me about Lukaku watching him you know there are Serie A aficionados who watch Serie A a lot more than I do because infinitely more because I watch zero Serie A and they um, were telling me how much he'd improved uh, under Conte at Inter and I was like oh really okay well I believe you and then he came back and he's exactly the same player it is touch that 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 you know, I just think he will never get. I mean, you get beyond a certain age, which is probably about 15, to be honest, where you either have a really good first touch or you don't. And he doesn't. In fact, it's awful. I wouldn't even say it's it's like a League Two 
standard first touch. It's not even League One. Um, you know, so I think that's his problem. He's got, he's got great talent in terms of his his finishing, his power, his strength. Um, you know, his 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 eye for goal is fantastic. And, you know, it's not that he's an awful player, but it's just, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe he's not quite cut out for the Premier League and another league would suit him better. A slower pace would suit him better. It's very interesting stuff. Um, but Abdul, going back to uh, to Liverpool, who, who are you going for? Jota, um, you know, or Luis Diaz, Mane? Um, Mo Salah obviously is starting, but who else? Who are you partnering or tripling up with uh, Mo, Mo Salah? I think uh, I just checked the rules as well. So it is nine subs available. Oh, yes. well done. Yeah, of, I forgot of to those say, yeah, nine okay. subs. Yeah, no worries. Uh, it's, it's, you're, you're able to make five substitutions, uh, but only three periods in the match. Uh, so I think that excludes halftime as well. I'm not sure. Excluding halftime, yeah. So um, you have three opportunities to make five subs throughout the 90 minutes or whatever. So I think that actually changes uh, a lot of my uh, starting lineup considerations. I think because Liverpool have been so successful in recent weeks at changing the game with a substitute if we needed to, I think Klopp will most likely go for his tried and trusted midfield. So Henderson goes in there next to Thiago and Fabinho. And he'll go with the standard back four, so Manon and Virgil. And then in the front three, I agree with Ryan. If Jota isn't 100%, I would definitely start somebody else. I just still don't... There's just something... I don't know. Like I, I, Maybe I'm just too boring, but I just don't know about starting Diaz in a cup final literally three weeks after he's come into the club. Um, saying that, uh, the other options are Takumi or Divock. I mean, everybody adores Divock and he can do a job, but he's barely played more than like 20 minutes in his last few cam cameos put together. So I'm not sure he'll start from the beginning. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's time for Takumi. Takumi, Takumi time. Uh, Takumi time. Excellent yeah, that, 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 that would be amazing. Honestly, that would, because he deserves it as well because of what he's done in this competition. Got us the equaliser in the last minute against Arsenal. But saying that, again, he hasn't really played that much over the last few weeks. But yeah, who knows? Um, maybe, to be fair, I think with Diaz, there's one of two things. Either he starts and he absolutely destroys Aspilicueta. And Aspilicueta just can't keep up with him. Um, and it's just a masterstroke decision because he's old and Diaz is young and sprightly. And he ruined Kyle Walker that one time. So it makes sense in that regard. Or the alternative is uh, Aspicoeta just has so much experience, just knows how to play. He's such a serial winner. Has, he's been for Chelsea throughout his like 10 years there, like that he'll just lock up Diaz for the entire match and Diaz will go off early for a substitution. And then it's like, we could have brought him off the bench, you know, towards the end of the match when Aspicoeta's running out of gas and we'll feel a bit bad about that. So uh, I really don't know. That that front three question is really up in the air. I think ideal world, Jota is like, nah, I've got this, lads. I've got this, lads. Because if he does do that, then that's sorted. I think that's the front three, the top three scorers in the Premier League. Surely you have to start them. Um, if not, then yeah, I would probably go Diaz. And Dark Horse shout, Klopp just somehow brings in Takumi. And he's like, this is what I've been waiting for. This is the moment. I've been keeping you <laughs> wrapped up on the bench because I knew you'd come through today. Like, That'd be brilliant for me, anyways. Well, I mean, we'd we'd back them all, wouldn't we? We, we you know, we, 
We have no reason to doubt any Liverpool player at the moment because we're just on such great form. Um, the feelings are all good. And uh, just one final question for all of you. I mean, I'm assuming, Ryan, you're feeling very confident that Liverpool will um, take the record back from Manchester City, who equal, equaled our, our record of eight League Cup triumphs, uh, which is the equal most in history. Chelsea are on five, Liverpool are on eight, Man City are on eight. Um, and I, I imagine you're going to agree with me, Ryan, that we're going to bring home number nine uh, on Sunday. You're on a wild left field prediction. 3-2 after extra time. And we go 3-2 up and they bring someone off the bench, hudson Odoi, for example, and he brings the closet back, grandstand finish. We see the game out, done. Wow. Imagine There's me that. prediction. Wow. Oh, Reverse well. 2005. Abdul, you might have to be a bit late for your concert. Who are you seeing, by the way? Is it Cliff Richard? Is it Blondie? Is it uh, Megadeth? Who is it? Uh, it's a Swedish artist called Blade. Uh, oh. And it's not, it's like, um, it's this entire collective. They're called the Drain Gang. Uh, really, really interesting group out of Sweden. Uh, I think most interesting music in the world right now. And uh, I've met him a few times. I met him at a party a couple of weeks ago. And really really blessed and uh he's just a really nice person as well which which makes it even better so yeah really excited for that but that starts at 7 p.m and i've done my calculations if we do get to extra time and then penalties it's literally gonna be like five to ten minutes i'll have to like uh, navigate to get to the concert so it's gonna be <laughs> gonna be tight hopefully it's done within 90 minutes so yeah basically yeah hopefully 90 and minutes it, I don't want... do you think it will be you think uh you know another six nil within 90 minutes What's your prediction, Abdul? Like I said, I don't want to talk it up. I don't even want to think about it. But I genuinely feel a really comfortable, like, 4-0 Liverpool. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> nah, sorry. Maybe that is too much. Uh, nah, I just, I, I don't see where the goals are coming from for Chelsea. Like, Ziyech is a big threat, but I think Robertson will lock him up. So I really do feel like... Maybe 3-1 Liverpool, just to temper it a bit, yeah? Just Excellent. like Alan in the chat. Alan in the chat's just, just come in there with 3-1 Liverpool. He got it dead right the other day. I, almost dead right. He said 5-0 against Leeds. 3-1 Liverpool. So there you go, Josh. Sorry, we must have been, it must have been a bit, you know, maybe a little bit annoying to hear all these really happy Liverpool fans <laughs> talking up our team. Um, Josh, are you, are, you know, you've got, you must be thinking, well, Tommy's an expert. Tommy T's an expert in these finals. Uh, you know, we do, you know, Liverpool going in overconfidence, going to play into Tommy's, uh, you know, sweaty hands and you're going to get the cup at the end of the day. What, what would you say? Uh, well, no, I don't think Liverpool be too overconfident. I think they'll know exactly the threat that, you know, Chelsea provide, um, especially in, in, a, in a cup situation like this. Um I, I, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think I think defensively both teams are just as good as each other. I think the midfield battle between the two is also just going to be as it's just as evenly matched. You know, with you know, you know, if you have Thiago, Fabinho, and uh, yeah, and Henderson against Kante, Jorginho, Kovacic, Saul, whatever. You know, it's an even. It, it, it's the two attacks that make the difference. But I think both defenses will cancel each other out for a large part, and it could make for maybe. 
not the most exciting final um, attackingly, but I think tactically it could be a, a very interesting battle. I think it, I'm like, I'm gonna go. I might be that boring guy. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a one eight. It's gonna go to penalties. Cap uh, is gonna see if Salah's penalty and Chelsea will win the Carabao Cup. Excellent stuff. No, I'm so glad you're back in your team. You're back in your guys. Kepper the keeper. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool as well. I think Kepa's going to get beaten from distance because he's rubbish at saving long shots. And uh, Thiago's going to get a fizzer against him. Luis Diaz um, is going to score one. And Mo Salah is going to get another penalty. Um, there you go. These are the predictions. That's been it. This has been our preview on Cop On. Um, let the, you know, let the, let the games commence. You know, enjoy. I want to thank Ryan and Abdul and Josh for being my esteemed guests today. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, in the chat. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you all. This is Cop On, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.